You're listening to Forgotten Songs on Radio Aotearoa 88.6 FM, the show where we shed new light on obscure and long-lost musicians and learn more about the history of New Zealand music. I'm your host, Amy Louise Chen, and today we will be continuing last week's story on Clara Wilson, the psychedelic outsider artist behind a set of alternative 60s folk songs, or, as some would have it, Visions of the Future. Our original plan was to tell Clara's story in a single episode, but as more information has come to light, I believe that there's a bigger, more complex story here than we previously imagined. Last week, I was delighted to get a call from another relative of Clara's. Can you introduce yourself? Hi. Um, my name is Josh Marshall. I'm 26. I'm a cellist, uh, currently performing with Orchestra Wellington, and I'm Clara Wilson's great-nephew. Josh contacted me after hearing the first Forgotten Songs episode about Clara Wilson. How much did you know about your great-aunt's music career? A little. I think because I was always um, interested in music, my relatives would kind of bring it up sometimes. Like, oh, maybe you've inherited it from your auntie. (laughs) Uh, I knew she had this cult following because I think I read something about her once and asked my mum. Had you heard her music? Yeah, yeah, I went looking for it after that. I found it online. What did you think? Honestly, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really my... Like, I can see why other people get really into that stuff, but it's... She's an acquired taste, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, like my favourite composer is Dvorak, and I don't (laughs) expect him to be everyone's jam, you know? Right. It's weird because I didn't... I didn't really think about her much at all after that. You know, it's... It's not like my family are, we don't sit around the table sharing family histories or anything. I didn't know about how Clara died or um, anything about the rest of the weird circumstances around it all until after Gran died. Your grandma was Clara's sister Anne, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Gran died last year and, uh, well, in a will, she left me this cardboard box um, full of notebooks. (laughs) These weird notebooks that originally, it turns out, belonged to Clara. This is it. Wow, there's heaps of them. Uh, yeah, there's, there's 17 uh, school exercise books. Grandma was a teacher, so I guess she just had a big stack of them lying around. And Clara wrote these... Uh, when at... she was living at Grand and Papa's house, yeah. yeah. They're all dated. I put them in chronological order, so... 1966, November 19th. I will be a channel of fire. I will be a meteor. Yeah, so this one's December 2nd through 17th. This one is February 67 from the 14th of the month. March 29th, 1967. Take these hands as your hands. Take this tongue as your tongue. Draw the curtains in the morning till the reaping is done. Yeah, I labelled them when I first got them. And the weeping's begun. These are all lyrics? Uh, yeah, mostly. Mostly? Um... 
Yeah, they're all lyrics, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's music to go with them or not, but it's all creepy poetry stuff. Totally freaks me out. <laughs> what did you think when you got these from your grandmother? Um, I was confused, but she left me a note explaining that these were Clara's notebooks and she hadn't wanted to throw them away because, I don't know, um, she felt guilty or something about what happened to Clara. Well, and she thought I would want them because I was now the family musician. <laughs> Apparently we can only handle one at a time, but... You read them all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were all blank on the front, so I'd put those those sticky notes on them saying like which which time period each notebook covers, so I could kind of keep them in order. Good idea. Flesh was made to rot, skin was made to decompose. I return them to the sands the moment that my eyelids close. Fading like the lightning that warns of thunder soon to come. Fading like my pallid cheeks when my final breath is done. It's kind of messed up, right? Hmm? I like these books. The things she writes about. And the way it's all like, it's laid out on the page. It's so neat. Like double spacing for every line somehow. I feel like that's the weirdest bit. I don't know, maybe it's normal. Maybe if you went and spoke to anyone from like a death metal band, they'd just laugh at me. Say for me it's more of a hobby. Bex Delaney of local death metal band Purge goes by the stage name Rothful. In my day-to-day life I'm a public servant so I enjoy the way that metal allows me to explore a more extreme side of my personality Mm. um, in a really caring and supportive environment. I think there's this (laughs) perception out there that because metal and death metal in particular tends to be a wee bit... um, you mean lyrically? Yeah. It's a bit out there. <laughs> and some people just get the idea that we're all Satanists or criminals, and that is just not true. In fact, my friends that I've met through the metal scene are just some of the sweetest, most generous. <laughs> you know, they take a bullet for you. On stage, even. On stage, even. <laughs> it would give your set a really epic finish. So I asked if you would mind bringing in some of your songwriting notebooks today. Uh, yes, I have one here to show you. It is a little bit embarrassing. Why is it embarrassing? You know, it's just I don't really share that side of myself with other people too often, except for when I'm on on stage with the band, you know, when I'm wrathful. It's kind of personal one-on-one. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. You don't need to apologise. Thank you for bringing this in to share with me. No worries. Um, do you mind talking me through uh, this one? Okay. So... This is a really long song called The Revenge of the Leviathan. And it's about this Viking who goes out to kill the Leviathan, which is this like gigantic sea monster, right? And stabs it right in the side and sails away, leaving it to die. But then it doesn't die. It just it goes back to the bottom of the ocean and bides its time. And then one day the Viking is out with his wife and his two sons in this little boat and the Leviathan sniffs him out and stabs him in the side. And then he's like, 
like pinned to the mast and ends up getting trapped while he watches the monster tear his family to pieces. <laughs> yeah, it's super gory. <laughs> so this first verse here. Yes, um, I realised halfway through that I actually wanted to start with a refrain, so I wrote that sort of small and scribbly in the margin. And here? I just figured that penetrated was a far better word than pierced, you know, for the rhythm. So for listeners at home, I'm just going to describe what I'm seeing here in your notebook. Yeah, Um, okay. So there are big patches that are scribbled out, uh, a lot of annotations and arrows pointing this way and that way all over the page, a couple of spelling mistakes which are being crossed out and fixed, and some extra small writing in the margins. Hey, I did not bring this here so you could critique my pen. No, 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 it's not. I mean, mean, this is what the creative process looks like, right? Yeah, yeah, it totally does. And all my songs look like this. You just don't always get it perfect the first time. Can I show you something? Sure. This notebook belonged to a musician from the 60s. Clara Wilson? I don't know her. Wow. This is all handwritten? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of her songwriting notebooks. Wow. Sinews will calcify, flesh becomes wood, bones turn to crystals and harden the blood. So she was a metal chick too then. Mm, closer to folk music. Oh damn. Why don't they get the bad rap we get? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wear a flower crown and strum a ukulele and you can play Slayer at a teddy bear's picnic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you're saying this is her notebook, like this is her first draft notebook. That's what we believe. Wow. Bloody hell. So the neatness, the lack of annotations and all that stuff, it, that's unusual, right? If this woman, Clara? Clara. If that's supposed to be her first draft of all of these songs, well, she's lying. Or she's a genius. Or she's mad. <laughs> mad genius. Why did you decide to contact me? Um, yeah, I, so I'm kind of a, I'm sort of an obsessive person. I'm a perfectionist. Part of like the way I am is that I have to finish everything I start. So if I have a question, I can't sleep until I have the answer. Grand died eight months ago. And before that, I wasn't really interested in my great auntie Clara at all, but since I got the notebooks, I've been reading them over and over, uh, hunting down articles about her on the internet, finding whatever I can find. It's kind of addictive. I keep reading and rereading in case there's something I miss, but I just, like, these books just don't make any sense to me. What she's writing about? Or... Yeah, or the fact she wrote so many of them in just a couple of months, or the weird, neat handwriting, or <laughs> why she started writing these songs in the first place, or like, who she expected to read them. And you emailed me... Um, I guess because I I thought you might be interested and I didn't want to have to keep doing it by myself. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing all this. You know what I think? I think she was really unwell. I think she gave the tape to that guy in the music store as, like, like a cry for help. Maybe. 
and he failed. You know, uh, she needed someone to look after her to to actually listen. Instead, he treated her like a like a freak show exhibit. Got all his friends to gawk at how <laughs> avant garde her music was. I mean, do you like her music? Uh, not exactly, but... Yeah, see, but half these people I see on the internet claiming that she's this big musical influence, only like a... Like, ironically, or because they're trying to prove that they have super weird, obscure tastes. I wouldn't I... say I like her music, but I can't deny there's something really um, magnetic about it. Something beautiful and horrible at the same time. I don't know, it's fascinating. I don't like it, but I'm drawn to it. Okay, okay, yep. I mean, maybe she was just some kind of bizarre musical mastermind, you know? Maybe she would have wanted nothing more than a professional music career and a, and a, and a chance to spread these songs all over the world. I don't know. But when I read these notebooks, I... Uh, my mum... Um, has actually been like in and out of care for her mental health stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, when I was a kid, she... I mean, I won't, I won't tell you the whole story, but basically she's had a lot of difficulty for most of her life. Like anxiety and paranoia, that kind of... That must have been hard. And there was a stage where... Just like Clara, she just didn't come out of her room. Maybe four months. I was just... It was not a good time. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. Uh, it's hard for me to read these notebooks and and hear this music and, and, and the story behind that and not think, well, that's really sad, you know? That's someone who's really suffering. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, we can stop if you want. Oh, um, I, re <laughs> I remember there, there was another thing I wanted to show you. Um, it's the last one. It starts out the same as the others, but this this last entry, if you go to that one. Yeah, it's totally different. April 12th. It's from the day she died. Yeah, and it's kind of messy, like crossed out and misspellings and stuff. Or well, like you'd expect a writing notebook to be. Some days I feel like the smallest person in all the wide, wide universe. A tiny David armed with nothing but a slingshot and a little verse. She wrote this? Well, like the handwriting's the same. It's the only thing that is the same. Hey, there's something else written at the bottom. It's all on the tapes. Right. Back where we started, I guess. But it says tapes, as in more than one. Right. Well, maybe, maybe she knew that that Fred guy had started making copies. Would she have known that? If she was holed up in her sister's spare bedroom? Yeah, yeah, true. I don't... Probably not. Mm. Unless there's something else we don't know. <laughs> there are heaps of things we don't know. <laughs> well, hey... If you want to, we could we could take a look around my gran and papa's house. If she made more tapes, that's probably where they are. If you think... I mean, yeah, I'd love to. Well, mum and dad have been cleaning the place out since gran died, and it's, um... That's kind of a mission. <laughs> Grandma was a hoarder. <laughs> oh, no. no, literally. 
Like you have to step over these like meter high stacks of Old Dominion Post weekend pullouts to get from the, the dining room into the kitchen. Well, and there's plates and spatulas and like like old screwdrivers in every drawer. It sounds it's, kind of amazing. We haven't even tried getting into the attic yet. I look forward to it. So, um, when you listen to the program... Oh, oh, yeah. I wanted to say, by the way, that I wasn't just listening because it was about my aunt. Like, I I just really like your show. Oh, uh, thanks. I'm, um, I'm subscribed to the podcast, so it's pretty interesting. You're, uh, you're a good interviewer. Oh, uh, I... Oh, um, you look embarrassed. I'm sorry. Uh, just cut this part out if you don't want to... No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, as I was saying, uh, when you heard our show, did you have any thoughts about the conversation I had with Rob Milden or the lyrical interpretation stuff, like to do with the music from the tape maybe predicting the future? I don't believe it. You don't think there's any possibility no. that... No, I think there's no such thing as supernatural, whatever, and psychics and all that stuff. Oh, okay. So, so... She had some kind of fit, and it happened to be in the same room as a guy that got hit by a car later. That doesn't signify anything. Like, sure, it, it's creepy, but it it, 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 is, it isn't a prediction. It She never predicted anything. But if, he, if she looked right at him and picked him out of a crowd... Well, well people can believe what they want to believe. I just... Okay, so there's a song on her album that's about a shipwreck, and it also uses the word woman. Like, that's not a coded reference to the way any disaster... It's just it's just like two common literary devices. <laughs> okay, I, I read that forum too. Well, and, and you think there's actually some truth in it? I mean, no. <laughs> I don't know what I think. But I don't want to let the story go until I feel like I'm finished with it. I stayed at Josh's house a little longer, poring over the notebooks. I understood what he meant about them being addictive. Clara's life and work was this gigantic, complex riddle that seemed to become more impenetrable with each line, and yet the more that I read, the more determined I became to solve it. As I flicked through the books, I noticed that some of them, a couple of the later notebooks in the chronology, were missing pages. Frayed paper remnants at the binding indicated that someone had torn about five pages out. I asked Josh, and he said that he hadn't noticed the pages were missing. They must have already been gone when he first inherited the books. Maybe Clara had torn the pages out herself. Or maybe Josh's grandmother, Anne, had taken the time to censor something in the books that she didn't want anyone else to see. Before I left, Josh asked if I wanted to hear him play something. Um, so... God, I don't know why, but I thought maybe you could use this film when you are cutting the episode together? Like... Oh, you don't have to. I uh... <laughs> anyway, it's it's the first song on the tape. I don't know. I was I was listening to it when I was doing my first round of research on Clara, and well, I figured it wouldn't actually sound half bad if it wasn't for the shitty audio quality and Clara's weirdo voice. So yeah. <laughs> ¶¶ 
next week, Forgotten Songs will return to our regular programming here on Radio Aotearoa 88.6 FM with an oral history of Auckland-based 90s pop group Dribbling Doves. However, I'm not ready to give up on Clara Wilson yet. Josh and I will be continuing our research into her life and work and providing regular updates via the Apocalypse Songs podcast, which will be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please listen in if you'd like to keep following our investigation, and thank you for listening today. I am Amy Louise Chen, and I hope you'll tune in again soon. Mm-hmm.